Hello, everyone, and welcome to what will most likely be the most evil episode of the Terror Express that we've had so far. With us, we have returning Vanessa Wright as our co-host. She is the founder of the Renegade Film Festival, which has been voted top 50 by Movie Maker Magazine. Um, Vanessa, welcome back. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And with us today, hold on, this is, this is an exciting announcement. We have <laughs> Betsy Baker who you will know as Linda from The Evil Dead. Hello, yes. Betsy. Hello, Jason. Hello, Vanessa. It's so great to have you here. I am so excited. It's great being here with both of you. Um, so I know Jason has some like, you know, it's going to jump into The Evil Dead uh, questions, but I took some time to notice like, so there's a big difference, I guess. Evil Dead was basically like a student film. Like it was a very small crew, very low budget, right? It was just like all hands on deck trying to make this thing happen. And then you went on to have like this illustrious television career because you've done so much. Um, well, I I kinda... really, I'm very grateful that you used the term illustrious. I don't know if it's <laughs> illustrious. I actually took a lot of time off and raised a family and had a whole other business on my own in the film and entertainment business for many, many years. It, it was actually uh, my desire to go back, but it was Rob Tappert who, um, Teresa, a.k.a. Sarah York, Teresa Tilly, uh, a.k.a. Sarah York in the movie, and I had the privilege of seeing back in 2001 when they kind of, how do you say, redigitalized or remastered. People right. Again. And, and um, we were invited to um, the Egyptian theater with American Cinematique. And he sat next to me and he literally, Rob Tappert said, why are you not in the business anymore? And I said, but I am in this other business. He goes, well, that's not acting. Why are you not acting? I said, oh, Rob, I've got two kids. We have two kids. One's, you know, they're both in high school and or one's going into high school, one's leaving high school. He goes, they're big kids. You should go back to acting. And so I have written Rob and told him a few times before that I'm extremely grateful for his kind words because um, it really kind of pushed me to get back in this business. And in the last, I don't know, 10, 15 years, I've been really, really fortunate. Yeah. Well, Wonderful. that being said, I mean, considering you did take such a break, like you really came back in with a bang because you've, you've done, I mean, I'm was looking at your IMDB and I was like, oh man, she's done like everything. This is amazing. Well, that's very sweet um, to say. I've been very fortunate both in drama, you know, drama and, and comedy. So yeah, it's, I've been very lucky. So that being said, you know, obviously there's a little bit of difference between, you know, being on like a, a, a film shoot for a feature or even a short and the way like television runs. Like, do you prefer one over the other? Is there one that's more satisfying creatively to you? No, actually, uh, that's a really great question. I, I actually enjoy the challenges of both. A lot mm -hmm. of times in a film, you can only get maybe depending on if it's a set or location or whatever, maybe two, three, four pages a day. And they sometimes feel they have the freedom and sometimes often do have the freedom to work more and more, you know, longer and longer. Meaning uh, on a TV show, they're really rigid, rigidly structured and you have to finish a 30 minute episode or a 60 minute episode in eight or nine shooting days. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. It's got to be done, right. you know? And so I like the challenge of both. I like the fact that, um, you know, um, 
in feature film, you're doing a story and it has a plot. And, and then at some point within the next two or three hours after the film is done, you have closed that story. You know, in a situation comedy uh, or TV drama, it's a story that sometimes goes unended. You know, I've mm-hmm. been asked a couple of times to come back and recreate a character that I've been on because they want to continue that story, which is always exciting. It's great. But yeah. I do like the challenges of both. That's a really good question, though, Vanessa. That's a really good question. Yeah. Well, thank you. I try to come up with at least one good one. <laughs> <laughs> you always come but up you with did. the good one. You're one always. for one. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I love now you it. said, love what, it. what was your, your business before you said that you had a business when you weren't? when you were acting or when you're between acting, what was it that you were doing then that you were? Well, it's actually pretty interesting. And being on set as an actress, I've run into people that have hired me or I've worked for Um, in the late mid to late eighties, my husband and I, and then I became president or I ran it. Basically we had a motorhome company that Mm. um, rented out motorhomes um, for commercial productions. And what we did is we, we'd buy a really nice motorhome, we'd buy them, and then we'd gut them completely. Because on a commercial set or a film set, you don't need beds, you know, right. you need office right. space. And so yeah. um, with the exception of a few major, major, major um, conglomerates that had 40, 50, 60, you know, motorhomes and and what's called four bangers or eight bangers, where these little tiny rooms, you know, in, in a, a on a truck is, um, we custom-made motorhomes with production offices and hair and makeup and coffee coffee stands and um, waiting rooms. And, and it was called Land Yachts, Land Yachts Motorhomes. Oh, nice. Um, nice. I did that for- That's a about, great name. Thank you. I did that for about 25 years while, the, while our kids were growing up. Yeah. 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 That's amazing. Yeah. And then uh, um, we, we left the business- and it was just about the time when I ran into Rob. And so it was kind of a, an interesting segue. However, I'd been out of the acting business for quite some time. And it was pretty incredible to me what, um, you know, print stores and computers and, you know, I basically mm-hmm. had to start all over again. Yeah. Because I was <laughs> acting in the last century, basically. <laughs> and we would have headshots. And then you would literally, I remember coming out to Los Angeles 41 years ago, and you would type up a, a resume and you would glue it to the back of your picture, which yeah. was wonderful until you got a job. Then you'd have to kind of rip them off and start again. And you would also leave them, leave 10 or 20 of those with an agent in the hopes and prayers that they would messenger it over to, you know, maybe casting. You had no control of it. And now, we have so, as actors, we have so much control um, mm-hmm. over a lot of things. So, but I had to learn all that. I know it doesn't sound like it's brain surgery, but it was to me. It's kind of just adjusting to a new way of doing things. And yeah. so much can change in a in a short amount of time too. Like it's not just, you know, as my kids right. like to say, like right. during my time in the late 1900s. Last <laughs> century, <laughs> with- yeah. Right. <laughs> and with, with the advancement of technology and the evolution and, and everything before you're on the set, I, obviously, as you said, that process has changed. What's changed being on the set now compared to before everything became so high tech? Well, again, last century, we were doing a lot of things on film. Mm. And yeah. so you yeah. had, you know, this 
these huge cameras and now you've got sometimes three and four and five cameras and you've got the video operators over on the mm. side and you've got what's called a little video village and and they start editing right there right then and there wow. yeah wow. And, and that was never the case you know um 25 30 years ago do you have any any projects planned or anything you know, I just, that you can um, now? Well, I don't, I don't really plan them. They just, you know, I hope and pray that if I have an audition, <laughs> I just did an NCIS, but that will be the new season. Oh, and so that's not coming nice. up for a while. I just yeah. finished a, um, um, not an NCIS. I did an NCIS that was on this summer and but I just did a criminal minds and, um, a Bosch legacy. Those were on, I just, uh, shot a commercial about a week or two weeks ago. And um, I have a feature filming feature film coming out, um, directed and produced by Nicola Peltz, and that is called Lola James. And I'm interested to see um, how that. It's a really interesting, tender story, tough and yeah. tender story. Oh, wonderful. And, um, so yeah. yeah, that should be that should be really nice as well. Awesome. Now, speaking of like the types of stories and stuff, I mean, do you have a preference for? The types of stories and characters that you know you want to go after is there something that you're like ah oh, you know I really love a story like you know that you'd want to be a part of or well, kind of a yeah I do prefer a story that has a happy ending or at least somewhat of a normal ending which right. doesn't happen very often but I don't know I love comedy I um you know, I got into improv very late in my life and I'm old so you can imagine I was usually on any team, I was the oldest person <laughs> at improv. And I used to be really bothered by it. It I don't have a lot of regrets, but I I don't have any regrets, but I wish we didn't even I, I went to a Big Ten university. I went to Michigan State University last century and we didn't have improv. There was no there were no improv classes. And oh, wow. we got into it very late. And my point was, see, it's already going. Uh, my point was that um I love comedy. I love I love drama. I love a good mystery. Um, I I don't have a favorite. I really, really yeah. don't have a favorite. And speaking about improv, like I, I think just in general, that's such like I personally have always wanted to do it just because I think it would be very freeing and kind of get me a little bit more comfortable, you know, in, in groups and stuff. It's fun. And I, I think it would be like, I always tell people, I'm like, even though I haven't done it yet, I'm like, I feel like you should do that. Like, it seems like an amazing experience. It's enjoyable, but I also think it can help you in so many different ways. You know, I, I can't agree more. And I, I tell you at my age, after doing a lot of work in front of a camera it was very at, or on a stage in, mm -hmm. in you know, uh, with either musical theater or theater, it was very hard for me to come and um, because I had learned just a different way of giving up the stage to you or giving up the moment to you or just playing off of you or saying yes. And which is the proverbial, you know, improv, you know, um, mm -hmm. helping words. But it was to me, it was also so creative for my brain. You know, I just yeah. craved that, that creativity and you can't really make a mistake. You can overthink it, which, um, I, I was guilty of sometimes, but you can't really make a mistake. It is what it yeah. is, improvisation. So yeah, yeah there, I'll tell you, there are two things that I really, really think is very important. And this is coming out of left field. One is improv, which I got into obviously very late. But when I first moved to Los Angeles, 
I also was very intrigued with script supervising, which is, a, as you both know, an incredibly meticulous um, <laughs> occupation. And for those of you, so crucial, it's so <laughs> crucial. And it's you are always you always find the script supervisor either in the video village or right next to the director with with a notebook, with a paper, with a with a with a timer, with a stapler, with a ruler. And that yeah. person makes sure and records the camera, the sound, the takes. Um, when you put the coffee cup down on the table, when you lift it up, when you turn your face that way, and so that it, you know, for the continuity and for matching. And um, I got my degree, um, it was a series of classes with script supervising. And it was just, it's, I think it's one of the most important things a film or TV actor should should realize because I've been on a set where people just, they either pick up the cup of coffee whenever they feel like it, whenever it comes natural to them. And that's not always the case because you're working with the team and the team includes the editors and they have to match when you're right. going to move your hands like this. And they have to match when you're going to put that coffee cup down. And I just think every actor should take some sort of script supervising class to see what goes behind you, behind you know, behind the camera right? Um, to learn what they're dealing with behind the camera, you know, behind the camera and improv. That's, yeah. I feel really strongly about that. I think it's, it's I amazing think that's how, great many, advice. how many nuances go behind the scenes that a lot of fans of movies and TV shows don't realize happens. Oh yeah. Um, I don't, I, yeah, there's tons of stuff that I don't even catch. Mm, until, it's you incredible. Know, or something. Yeah. Yeah. Do you ever do improv like on the set when you're on a TV show or something? Do you ever, are you allowed to improv? Do they request it? Does it ever just happen? Uh, we did some in this last commercial, um, but not very much. No, usually it's yeah. it's scripted by writers and a production team and um, you can't go off the script very much. And it, in all fairness to somebody else who's prepared all their lines in a TV show or a film, they're going to be thrown off guard if all of you say, well, the sky is purple when they were waiting to right. hear the sky is blue. Getting the role of Linda in the evil dead. When, um, how did you get Sam Raimi's attention to become Linda? <laughs> well, I was actually living in Detroit. I did not grow up in the Detroit area. I, I live in Detroit near what? it. So that's awesome. It's awesome. I, yeah. yeah. I grew up in St. Joseph Benton Harbor, but after college and after, um, after about a, six, nine months sing, uh, gig singing um, <clears throat> with a musical group, I said, well, I'm going to go back up to Michigan. And I decided to go up to Detroit. And at the time, nice. back in the last century, they were doing <laughs> a lot of commercials there and a lot of industrial films. And I, getting a theater education degree from Michigan State, I was never, ever in front of a camera because back then you didn't have cameras on a stage. So right. Right. I, I learned so much just doing industrial films for Ford and Buick and Toyota. And I was doing auto shows and I had an agent and actually Sam and Bruce and Rob as young filmmakers came to the agent and said, you know, could we see your clients? We're looking for some actors and actresses. And then they said, well, we'd like you to call this actor and this actress and this actor. And we'd love to meet them. Maybe we could arrange to meet in a restaurant or something um, on Woodward Avenue. And nice. my hunch is I've never really asked Sam or Bruce or Rob, but my guess is they didn't want to pay what may have been a rental charge for like renting a room 
you know, <laughs> at my agents to have an audition. So they were just meeting people in this restaurant. I and love that. So <laughs> my agent called and said, you know, we have this interesting concept here. We have three young gentlemen that came into our office and they want to do a film. They didn't say it was a feature. They didn't say it was a romantic comedy. They didn't they want to do a movie. Yeah, not a film. They want to do a movie and they'd love to meet you. Can you meet at, and it was Pasquale's restaurant on Woodward Avenue. And I, it was a Thursday afternoon, like at two o'clock. And um, that's just sort of weird. She said, yeah, it is a little weird, but I think they're fine. I I think you're, you're fine. Just go. And I went, I don't think so. And I was dating a, 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 I was dating a guy at the time. And I said, you go with me stay in the car if I don't come out in a half an hour, or if I go out and you see me looking around and I get into another car, call the police or drive after me because I had no idea who these three men were. And I walked into this restaurant and they were three guys like 19, 20, 21 years old. They were horsing around in the back corner drinking like root beer or Pepsi. And they were playing with their straws. And I went, I think I'm good. I think I'm safe. Yeah. So we met and we talked. He said, would you be interested in looking at a script? And would you be interested in maybe reading a few scenes? I said, yes. Okay, well, we're going to meet at Sam's parents' house um, in the basement this coming Saturday. Can you make it? I went, wow, sure. Red, how, safe, red how, flags. how safe can that be? So right. there were five or six. I'll meet you in the basement. The back door. We came to the back door, which everybody in the Midwest has a back door and a front door. He came to the back door, went down the steps to the basement, and read these scenes. And Sam offered me the job that day. That's awesome. Now, yeah. I, now you said you said you weren't aware of what type of movie. If, if you knew what type of movie it was, a horror film, would you have gone to that restaurant? Would you have gone into that basement? I, I think I would have. I've been asked that before. Yeah. I think I would have. I um, I think by the end of this little meeting at the restaurant, they said, well, it's it's, it's kind of a horror film. Mm-hmm. It's a scary movie. It's a horror film. Does that bother you? And at that moment, I chose to say no um, because I was intrigued with the challenge it might have. It was, you know, mm-hmm. different. Yeah. Certainly different than how to install an engine for Ford Motor Company. And it was certainly different than, you know, talking about Buicks on a turntable for weeks at a time. Um, or doing a, you know, Bob's Big Boy commercial or a Michigan Lottery commercial. So I said, yeah, I'm up for it. When you were filming this movie or even after you were f- finished filming it, did you have any idea at that time or, or like I said, in post what this was going to become? No, it's a real simple answer. No. What were you doing? Do you remember the moment or when when you're like, wow, this is something. This is something that every horror movie is going to aspire to. This is going to be what everyone copycats. This is going to set a whole new style and, and camera work and just the whole concept of this story. What were you doing when you realized this was the precedent? I was in a video store, probably picking up movies like Bambi and, you know, Mary Poppins <laughs> right? with my kids. And I happened to walk down the aisle um, and saw Evil Dead. I went, oh my God, it's it's on VHS. Are you are you kidding me? So I Did actually rent it once. Well, no, no, because small <laughs> children, you know, in our home. And so, but I went up and I said, "Don't look at it." <laughs> I said, "Do you um, do you ever rent Evil that movie over there on that row, Evil Dead?" Very much. I'm like, "Why do you want it? Because we can't get it. You're on a list. We can't get it. You know, for about another four months because it was 
always being rented. Yeah. Nice. I looked at my yeah. husband and I went, you've got to be kidding me. He said, oh my God, no. The guy said, you just, you can't get it. I mean, I can put your name down on a list. I said, it's okay. It's okay. Well, you know, you bring up an interesting point because the video store was how, especially with horror, how all of those films got discovered because they they weren't being widely released into the theaters. Yeah. If If you were lucky enough to be in a city where they came out, they would be there for a little bit, but like horror is not like it is today. Like it wasn't just like horror films in the theaters and you could go and see right. it. So the video store was kind of where everyone discovered those mm-hmm. films yeah. and evil and dead was one of them. I mean, that's how I discovered it. You know, yeah. it was slumber party night and we were like, what horrible that's, things can we get into in Alzheimer's with tonight? That's exactly and all why to say is we just got a movie mom and dad at the video store. We're mm-hmm. going to be downstairs in the basement. Yeah, And they went, okay, we'll have a good yeah. time. Yeah. kids." And that's yeah. why 80s horror is is so nostalgic for horror fans mm-hmm. because that was the video store holding those movies and reading those movies. And that's, there's no other decade than the 80s. And I think Blockbuster videos and mom and pop video stores is a huge part of that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. When we go to conventions that it's always asked in panels and Q and A's and that really, it, it, it was a hallmark. And I don't mean the hallmark, you know, um, hallmark movies. It was a hallmark moment in time in which that Mm -hmm. and it's like Vanessa said it was a venue for people who liked horror films but if they didn't live in a large city with a little tiny you know art theater movie theater you know the corner and down the street you would never see it right Mm -mm. right yeah Yeah. you weren't getting those you know once they knew what train they were on they went full steam ahead and yeah not everybody took advantage of that meaning filmmakers but they did and it Mm -hmm. worked to a great advantage oh, for all three of them. My God. Yes. I mean, look, I mean, Sam with Doctor Strange too. Like, I mean, what a career. The Spider-Man, Just, you know, Zena, you know, they all worked on yes. for years. Robin Sam worked on Xena for uh, years. Yeah. Xena is one of my all-time favorite. All time. It's at the top of my list for favorite shows. Below um, Evil Dead, though, right, Jason? Of course, of course. It's Evil oh, Dead. Did you show, Zena, did you then show your shirt? Yeah. Uh, oh my God. That, is that one of her shirts? <laughs> No, it's a different. This is, yeah, no, this is this is you. Oh my this God! Is, yeah, that's us. Oh, there yeah, he is. This is it's <laughs> my first fright rag. Yeah. How did the Evil Dead most prominently affect your life today? Once we started, once the three actresses, Ellen, Betsy, and Teresa, aka Sarah, started doing conventions, you know, it gave us an opportunity to really realize what a cult classic this was. Yeah, Bruce and Rob and Sam could have run into us in the street, and I did a few times up at the at the Italian restaurant or down at the deli, and he he wouldn't say, "Hey, by the way, you know, Evil Dead's a cult classic." But when you went to see the fans and meet with them and come out of your hotel room or come in from a car and you see a line around the corner waiting to see a screening of the Evil Dead, you're going, "What?" Yeah, I mean, we actually. To this day, our faces look like that when we go to conventions. Like, wow! And it, and I mean this with the most sincere, the most sincerity. When we meet the fans and they are so appreciative of of us coming and having a chat with them, it's incredible to us that this was a place, the video store or the movie theater or their parents' basement was a place where they they loved to go, be with friends, and see something that they all enjoyed. And we were a part of that. Do you have any um, charities or um, appearances 
coming up any uh, that you would like to promote? We're going to San Antonio in just two weeks to be, to appear at the, oh, how do you say it? Retro Rebel Fest in San Antonio. Speaking yeah. of Bruce, I'm sure a lot of ladies and maybe even some guys would like to know, but uh, was he a good kisser? Uh, yeah, but you know, we actually really did. He was, I don't know if he had, hmm, I don't want to say he hadn't. I think he admitted to me that he hadn't had much experience. I don't think he had any girlfriends in high school. I could be wrong, but let me tell you my heart. I, I just, that's so sweet. I loved him the guy then I love him now. I think he's extremely talented. I think he's extremely funny. I think he's, Oh, he's hilarious. Witted. And, um, uh, I loved working with him. And I have to tell you, I was, I was very lucky and very fortunate and very grateful to have been given that role as his girlfriend. Betsy. What? what will be your legacy? I hope that my legacy would include being just a good person, a nice person, a loving person, mm-hmm. a kind person, a good mother. I think that's beautiful. Yeah, I try my best. We all make mistakes, but that's what my legacy would would want to be. Well, Betsy, thank you so much for being on the Terror Express. And Vanessa, thank you so much for coming back to the Terror Express. And I hope you both have a, a wonderful evening. And Betsy, I ho- hope to talk to you again soon. And um, I hope so. You have Thank a have you. a great evening. Yeah, Thank you.